0: we love saving you money here at dnvr and we love companies like us that are trying to save the world if you will. And yes, both aerospace and technology have been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies have just talked about it as workplace idealism. And right now they're looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles. They're an iconic brand, and now they're doing those big things and want you to be a part of it as well. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. Or you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee helps you start your day feeling your best Their CBD and CBG will improve the quality of your morning, or if you're anything like me, it'll improve the quality of your afternoon because there are zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. Welcome in. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got a lot of topics I feel like we're going to have to discuss today and... One of them, of course, is going to be Trevor Story's qualifying offer. When does he get it? What are the odds that he accepts this qualifying offer? It might be higher than you think. It might be lower than you think. Also, depending on how optimistic you are, we'll get an update on the championship series, both in the American League and the National League. But, of course, we have to start with a couple moves that the Rockies made Thursday afternoon. Now, they waived and outrighted off the 40-man roster third baseman Joshua Fuentes, infielder Rio Ruiz, relief pitcher Yancy Almonte, and Tommy Doyle. So those four guys were on the 40-man roster, and now they are no longer on the 40-man roster. So there's 35 guys now currently on that 40-man. Now they're going to have to bring about four guys off of the 60-day injured list, and so that number of 35 is going to end up going back up to about 38. Scott Oberg uh, has a $7 million deal for next year. Austin Gomber, Connor Joe, all of those guys will come off the 60 day IL. There is, you know, even if a player has Tommy John surgery, like we saw Peter Lambert uh, have that situation last year during 2020, how it works is you can't carry injured players during the off season. They just become a part of your 40 man roster. And so, depending on the injury of the player, you might even just go ahead and wave him altogether and he might go elsewhere. That was kind of a similar story with Tyler Anderson, who was banged up. If you recall that after the 2019 season, and he finally caught on with the San Francisco giants, Chris Owings is another player on the 60 day IL. You may have forgotten that he's on the roster. You may have also forgotten Ian Desmond's on the roster as well, but uh, his contract has, uh, it will expire at the end of the year. So He won't really be a part of the 40-man roster going forward. Chris Owings is a free agent at the end of this year, so we'll see how things end up with them uh, between the Owings and the Rockies if they'll give him another minor league deal, which I think would be a fairly good fit. He's been good when healthy for the organization. You also have Fuentes, Ruiz, and Almonte. Those three guys are actually going to be minor league free agents as they've spent – parts of seven years in the minors. So, you know, while they did, they, they, they did pass through waivers, right. And so they're still with the Rockies at this point, they could end up going elsewhere. We Ruiz, I don't know if he's uh fit, but he used him very sparingly during the final month of the season, barely even used him off the bench. So I think he's going to want to bet on himself and, bet on there being better odds that he'll find some more playing time elsewhere. Joshua Fuentes, you know, he might need, just need a fresh start somewhere else. He's, you know, I think a a great trivia question as to who was the starting third baseman uh, in the year that Nolan Arenado was traded away. The answer is his cousin. We kind of forget that he had that great, you know, spring training and earned the starting spot. He was also, player of the week too for a stretch and then the wheels fell off went down to AAA and had a hard time finding his smile so to speak and you know he's a real quality player he's a guy that I've been a fan of for a very very long time but if he ends up going elsewhere I'm sure that's what Joshua and his his agent and his family are going to deem what's best you know he might just need a fresh start in another organization, particularly because the Rockies do have a lot of players at his position at third base. He can play some great first base. We saw that in 2020 where he was starting down the stretch for the Rockies with Daniel Murphy, just pretty much riding the pine. But you also have some first basemen over there as well. A lot lot of corner infielders on the Rockies roster at this point. And so it might behoove him to go elsewhere. Yancy Almonte, similar guy who might need a, a fresh start somewhere else been with the organization for for quite a long time and ashton godot um you know i, I fully expect he'll he'll be around next year and in some capacity so we'll kind of wait to see what happens There should be some other minor league signings uh that will occur you know once this winter continues to go on and it really won't be until we're in february and even march until some of those more notable minor league deals are signed like you think about CJ Crone. Yeah, he he was not offered a a big league contract. He was not offered a one year deal. He was given a chance to make the roster, and if he did, he was going to be given a one million dollar contract or a one million dollar bonus, if you will. And he he did it. So I I think that's going to be more of what we're going to see with the Rockies this year, at least, even if they they make somewhat of a splash in the in the free agent market. Now, this is really just the first round of moves that we're going to see from the Rockies, as I said, once Oberg, Gomber, and Joe get put back on the 40-man. And even if Oberg isn't, even if his $7 million contract is bought out for next year just so they can have that extra roster spot since you know the future of his playing career is still somewhat in jeopardy. And we certainly are, all have our fingers crossed and, and are, are hoping that he is able to pitch again at some point, whether it's in Colorado or elsewhere, doesn't matter. We, we all root for a guy like Scott Ober, great, great human being. So still, we are talking about 37 guys on the 40-man roster at this point. So, you know, it's the first wave of, of cuts, so to speak, because the Rockies still have to protect three, three slam dunks, right? Ezekiel Tovar... Ryan Rolison and Willie McIver, all three of those guys need to be put on the 40-man roster in November ahead of the Rule 5 draft, or they very well could be plucked out of the organization. McIver probably being third on the depth chart. Tovar maybe even being first at this point. But Tovar, Rolison, McIver, there needs to be room for them. And then you still have a handful of names that could surprise that the Rockies may want to protect Brian Servin has been a name that's been kind of kicked around. You know, he's he's third on the death chart for the Rockies. Do the Rockies explore a uh, trade for Elias Diaz if his market really heats up? I don't think so. But they wouldn't be foolish to, you know, kick the tires on something like that if they can bring back something significant. Again, I don't think that'll happen. But if they want to turn the keys over to Dom Nunez, Brian Servin's going to be your backup. So Servant could be a guy that gets added to the 40-man. Taylor Snyder, who was fantastic in A Hartford. He's a little bit older. I think he might even be 27. He's definitely 26. Uh, but he's a little bit older. And, hey, you know the, the Rockies have the propensity to go after those guys that might be a little bit older uh, to give them their first opportunity. But that certainly doesn't mean he wouldn't be deserving of that. And you have a trio of pitchers that are currently pitching right now in the Arizona Fall League, in Regan Todd, Matt Dennis, and Jake Bird. So those are three more names that you could look at and say eh, maybe they get protected as well. And, and there's a slew of other players that if you're keeping track in the minors, you know there are some names that were a little more high profile at various points. Mitchell Kilkenny, I'm going to mention his name again later on in the podcast. You know, there's there's those players that the, an organization and and this ha- is true across all of baseball. It's true all around the league, where teams value a player maybe more than another franchise. But bottom line is, you want to protect that guy because you see a future for them or you see value in them just in the next season. All teams do that, and so there could be some of those other surprises kind of lurking down there in the minors. If the Rockies may want to protect ahead of the Rule 5 draft. If they do that, they're going to have to cut some more fat. They're going to have to remove some other players. Also, Tommy Doyle was another name also on that list of of players that was outrighted off of the 40-man roster. Listen up, DNVR family. We are so thankful to everyone who came out last week at the tailgate at the Broncos game. Glad you guys enjoyed all that all-you-can-eat sexy pizza in and Breckenridge and Brewery. You showed out last night, Thursday night, for the Thursday night football game. Broncos, Browns, that's, that's all I'll say about that for right now, but it was jumping off. Avs fans, you know what that was like with the Lacroix after party last weekend. We've got the Nuggets opener. That was Big big W on Wednesday night. So now has really become the DNVR Bar season on the corner of Colfax in York. And remember that new members can sign up for just 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com. And if you do want an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt from DNVRlocker.com. You should also know you get a bigger beer when hanging out at the DNVR Bar as well on the corner of colfax and york and remember all colorado sports games are broadcast at the bar with sound that's right you'll actually be able to hear what's going on in the game as well we've always got watch parties for all of our teams at the abs nuggets broncos and more and make sure you stop by happy hour every day now 3 to 6 p.m with drink specials appetizer discounts you can't go wrong at the dnvr bar did i mention it's on the corner of colfax and york it is indeed you can also only a couple blocks away on East Colfax, check out Solus Meds because they've got some smoking hot October deals. This premier Colorado dispensary is always hooking it up with incredible deals every single month at any of their four convenient Colorado locations. You can check out Solus Meds in Fort Collins. Wheat Ridge, there's one in Denver just off of Broadway and as I said, one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And for the entire month of October, they've got 25% off all kinds of goodies, the 1906 drops, extractions, solace sticks and bars, as well as those delicious Dixie gummies. You can get them all for the entire month with 25% off. And if you actually head into any of those locations, you will get a free Solus bar or King Cone for free. When you mention code DNVR20, mention that code at any location of Solus Meds, and you will get a delicious free solace Bar or King Cone. And you get 20% off as well when you mention code DNVR20. You know what? If you're pressed for time, you can actually check out their online menu ahead of time. Order that way and then just pick it up at your convenience. Then you head to solacemeds.com. That's where you go for their online menu. S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com and purchase from there. Mention code DNVR20 to save 20%. Also, you got to mention code DNVR when it comes to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Their Week 7 offer for every football fan is something you should jump on because new customers can now bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy and that rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. That means you combine multiple bets from the same game, even if they look like locks, even if they seem like they're guaranteed and they aren't going to pay out that much. Guess what? When you make those parlays with those multiple bets, you get a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. It's that simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, it's about time we talk a little more about Trevor story. Does he stay? Does he go? We don't know. We honestly don't know. It does seem that in that final home game, of course, against the nationals on September 29th, if you stuck around kudos for you, it was a miserable day weather wise, and probably a miserable, miserable day, you know, emotionally and fan wise, right? Because it could have been Trevor story's final game at Coors field, but ultimately it's, not guaranteed just yet so the qualifying offer it was announced is going to be about 18.4 million dollars and for those of you out there that might not know where the heck does this number come from right the qualifying offer of course is very much like a franchise tag that you see in the NFL but that number is uh, comprised of the the average salary of the top 125 players and so it actually went down about a half a million from last year. That's the first time I believe that's ever happened. It's always gone up because every year there's newer free agents signing even more lucrative deals and boom, it, it keeps going up. But this year it did go down by half a mil. So it's about $18.4 million, very similar to a Trevor story made this past season. Now all teams will need to make their qualifying offers five days after the World Series ends. And this year, it's it's somewhat of a late date for the 2021 World Series. We've got Game 5 on October 31st. Game 6 is on November 2nd. Game 7 is on November 3rd. In fact, the latest the season has ever gone on was, uh, I believe, in 2001 and 2009. It ended on November 4th. And, of course, 2001, that was the first time the MLB season had ever stretched into... November, of course, that due to uh, the awful terrorist attacks on September 11th. It's, it's also how Derek Jeter got his nickname, Mr. November, because uh, of a big performance there uh, in, and I think it might have been game five of the World Series, the first World Series game ever in November at that point. So here's what happens. Rockies are going to offer him $18.4 million. That's guaranteed. That's the only thing that you can guarantee right now. So, if Story rejects it, two things can happen and not one. The Rockies, you know, they came out and said, Hey, we're going to get the 31st overall pick, roughly. We're going to get a compensation pick just after the first round. So, it might be about the 31st pick. That's not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee. So, if Story signs a deal for $50 million or more, that's when the Rockies are compensated with the pick just after the first round. But if Story signs for deal for less than $50 million, Rockies don't get a pick until after the second round. So that would be roughly about the 72nd pick. And this is, again, the tier of free agent, the tier of player out there where, hey, if you're signing for something more than $50 million, mm, that player was really important to your franchise. Let's go ahead and, and, and get you an even better pick so you can replace him. Sure, that guy's going to take several years to develop, but that's kind of besides the point it's some kind of compensation, but if it's less than 50. Hey, how, how good is this player really? And you know, that, that thinking, you know, isn't, isn't entirely sound. Cause of course we know in this instance, Trevor story was banged up a little bit. There's some questions about, you know, his arm and, you know, his, his defense, you know, kind of took a step backwards last year, and a lot of that, I think, had to do with a bit of a shoulder injury. So he may need to kind of bet on himself and say, I'll sign a one-year deal with a contender to improve my market. And if he signs a one-year deal, whether it's for $15 million or $20 million, Rockies don't get that draft pick they were counting on all season long and all offseason. They wouldn't get that. Now, if he does accept the offer, Rockies don't get a compensation pick. And you're saying, well, yeah, of course you get the compensation pick if he doesn't take the qualifying offer. But the thing is, once a player rejects a qualifying offer, he can't be given another qualifying offer. So that means the only way the Rockies can then get something in return for Trevor Story, so he doesn't just walk out at the end of the 2022 season now, should he accept, isn't a trade at the deadline because they won't be able to give him the qualifying offer again at the end of 2022 and go through the same process all over again. And again, hey, you get Trevor Story back at at a, a fairly good price and he's going to be playing for a, a, another free agent contract and you know, he was fine this year. Still probably the best season of any, you know, Rockies hitter. It wasn't his best. It was, you know, probably one of the bottom two or three seasons he's had in his career. But still, overall, he was one of the better players. And so you'd be happy about that. But again, what is the future of this franchise? Are they a team that is really going to be making a strong run at 2022? Or is this a team that should maybe start thinking about putting their eggs in a basket for 2024, 2025, and 2026, when all of those really good prospects they're banging the drum about get to the majors? my inkling. Is to start stockpiling players so that you'd have more of a larger window, if you will, of contention. So that it's not just a brief thing. And hey, we made a run; we were close to making the postseason, but we missed. Or we got to the we got to the wild card game and we were knocked out. That's nice. That that's exciting. That could have happened this year, maybe if if things had gone differently. You know, Connor Joe stays healthy. Same thing with Austin Gomber. Kyle Freeland isn't out for the first, you know, two months of the season. There's a lot of things that could have changed that maybe, maybe gets the Rockies to sneak in as the second wild card. Maybe. And that's exciting. That's fun. But it's one year, right? It's one year. And I think the Rockies need to have somewhat of a model. And it's crazy to, to give Jeff Breidich some praise, but the Rockies sort of need a model that Jeff Breidich had in place when he took over, and he was able to turn them into a contender in 2017, 2018 with the first ever consecutive postseasons. Can't forget that that was the first. They were in the wild card hunt through the middle of June. In fact, they were one of the wild card seeds in twenty nineteen, and even in twenty twenty, you knew they had taken a step back. They didn't do anything in the off season. Again, that's that's part of the problem. But there were still plenty of pieces there in twenty twenty. Including Nolan Arenado, that could have made you squint and say, "All right, well, this is this might be the last ride." And certainly, if he had brought back DJ Lemayhew instead of, you know, swapping him out for Daniel Murphy, you go, "Wow, that was four years of contention. That's really good." And bringing back Trevor Story is nice for 2022, but it's not nice for having another four years of contention down the line. So, in the history of the qualifying offer. There have been 96 players who have been offered that, and only 10 have ever accepted it. That's only about 10%. But here's a little kicker. 15 rejected the qualifying offer, only to later resign. So if you add those two up, now you actually have 26%. So that's still a one in four shot that Trevor Story returns. And yes, we know there's a huge market right now for shortstops probably the greatest shortstop class ever been free agents at the exact same time, the deepest class, certainly. Right. And Trevor story, you know, while he deserves to be in that group, undoubtedly, I think there are going to be teams a lot more interested in Carlos Correa, a lot more interested in car in Corey Seeger. Marcus Simeon, while a little bit older, Proved his value now here for for the second time in his career. Did it at second base with Toronto, but you know he's a true shortstop. He moved over to second base for Bo Bichette. Those guys are frequently mentioned ahead of Trevor Story on that depth chart, but Story would be ahead of the fifth guy, Javi Baez, who I don't think really there's any fear of those two markets kind of clashing in a sense, because I think Baez needs to take a one-year deal somewhere to you know, re up his re up that value just a little bit. We'll we'll see what happens, but nevertheless, you know, last offseason, only two players accepted it, Kevin Gossman, Marcus Stroman. Again, you got a pandemic shortened year, so you kind of understand why those guys accepted it. Stroman didn't even play in all of 2020. In 2019, Jose Abreu rejected it, then signed a 3-year, 50 million dollar extension with the White Sox, Jake Odorizzi was another player who accepted it on a one-year deal. Hyunjin Ryu accepted it in 2018. Similar circumstances, I think, almost to a, a Marcus Stroman where uh, that season in 2018, Ryu only threw 82 innings, you know, had, had missed all of 2015. 2016, he came back very briefly, didn't play much, and so there were a lot of questions about him. He took that payday, was second in the Cy Young Award voting in 2019 got that nice lucrative deal from the Blue Jays after that. So that made sense for him at the time. Then you got two strange ones there in the NL East. Jeremy Hellickson and Neil Walker accepted the qualifying offer in 2017. Previous year, three guys accepted it. Brett Anderson, Colby Rasmus, Matt Wieters. Those are all guys who accepted the qualifying offer. Now, if we're going to talk about players who rejected and re-signed You start last year with DJ LeMahieu, the Yankees, JT Realmuto with the Phillies. 2019, Steven Strasburg rejected it, signed that huge deal that is already looking like an albatross. 2016, a record five players rejected and re-signed. Jose Batista on a one-year deal with Toronto. a Cespedes, Kenley Jansen, big five-year deal that's finally coming to an end this offseason. Mark Trumbo, big three-year deal for him. And Justin Turner, whose deal ended last year. 2015, another albatross, Chris Davis, rejects the qualifying offer to sign a seven-year deal with the Orioles. They're going to regret that for a while because I think they've kicked the can down the road, and there's going to be a lot of payments. It's going to be similar to the Bobby Bonilla day. There's only one. There's only one original Bobby Bonilla day, right July 1st of every year. Bobby Bonilla gets a $1 million uh, check in the mail from the New York Mets. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to come to an end ever. There, there's an end date on it, but it feels like it's going to be forever. Then in 2013, Steven drew rejects an offer from the Red Sox and then resigns for $4 million less. Mike Napoli signed a nice two year deal with Boston and Hiroki Kuroda in 2013 rejected and resigned. and, and, did the exact same thing the previous year in in 2012. That was before there was uh, the rule in place that you could not have the qualifying offer put on you more than once. And so the first year the qualifying offer was only $13.3 million. David Ortiz, Kuroda, as I mentioned, and Adam LaRoche signed a two year deal with Washington. All those guys rejected and resigned. So maybe you see some similarities between a Trevor story there, right? Trying to, reclaim some of his market just a little bit. And then maybe in 2023, he signs that, that really big deal, but that doesn't benefit the Rockies other than the fact that, Hey, you kind of figure out what's going on with shortstop for next year. Maybe that buys some time for Ezekiel, Ezekiel Tovar. Maybe that allows you to move on a, a, a guy like Trey Turner in the 2022, 23 off season, maybe, that's when you, you make your big splash in free agency. They have they've mentioned doing that a little bit. Not that they're going to make a big splash, I don't think, but you should expect the payroll to go up over what it was at the beginning of the 21 season. It's going to go up even more next offseason. You're going to start seeing it rise up to the, the levels of where it was at in around 2018. I also want to tell you about the Rockies' end of the qualifying offer history. Rockies have signed two players, believe it or not, who've rejected qualifying offers. You're not going to be too happy when I I bring this up, but got to do my job here, folks. Uh, <laughs> Wade Davis in in 2017 signed a three-year, 52 million dollar deal, and the one that really stings, I think, not well. It stings for a few reasons. Great guy, got to say it, but Ian Desmond, five-year, 70 million dollar contract in the 2016. 2017 offseason the real reason why I think this this stings is because the club ended up losing out on what I believe was the 11th overall pick it was the highest pick a team had ever had to give back for signing a player who had rejected a qualifying offer so they did not get a pick until the second round until the 48th pick that year in 2017 to grab what they believe Could be the next Matt Holiday out of Stillwater High School, and that's Ryan Vallade. We're still waiting to see what happens for him. But 2017 draft, because you sign Ian Desmond, you don't have a first-round pick. You don't have the money that comes with a first-round pick. There's a trickle-down effect, and so you have somewhat of a gap there in 2017 in your draft with a big prospect, right? The previous year in 2016, you miss big time on Riley Pint, who's retired. With the fourth overall pick, twenty seventeen, you know you you misfire a little bit with Grant Levine, who's uh, a player that's not really developing the way they would have liked. A high school player out of New Hampshire, something we haven't seen very much of, and I think we're we're starting to see why a little bit. And maybe that's not fair to, to throw that all on, on him, and, and I certainly don't mean to. It's just players coming out of the Northeast and, and coming out of those smaller states that don't have tons of competition and aren't known for big baseball producers, there's a reason why a lot of those guys you know, will fall to later on in the draft. So we'll we'll wait and see on him. But it should also be noted that the Rockies made out somewhat well uh, on Michael Kadire They offered him uh, a $15.3 million qualifying offer back in 2014. I was shocked at the time that they did that uh, because I frankly didn't think Kadir was worth that at the time, you know, was an all-star uh, you know, the year prior and, you know, won a batting title, but was a little bit older. He rejected it and, you know, got paid, relatively speaking the mets ended up throwing him a, a 21 million dollars for 2 years so you know didn't really get a lot more than the qualifying offer but he was happy with that and the rockies were happy because they were compensated with the 27th overall pick they did misfire signing uh, or drafting a high school pitcher out of Pennsylvania Mike Nickrack who did just recently retire similar story in the 2017 18 off season. Offer a qualifying offer to closer Greg Holland. I think that was a good move. He rejected it. Signed with St. Louis. Similar money, a little bit less. Signed with St. Louis from one-year $14 million contract. So Rockies received the 76th overall pick. They took Texas A&M pitcher Mitchell Kilkenny, who quickly had Tommy John surgery after being selected. So his trajectory has kind of been stunted a little bit. Numbers have been okay, but still has a way to go. as is typically common for guys who need, you know, a Tommy John surgery like that. And if you want to do some mental hula hoops so to speak, you know, you could look back and say, well, what would have happened if they'd held on to Abaldo Jimenez because the prospects that they got for him didn't turn out to be anything for the Rockies. Drew Pomeranz turned out to be something pretty good, but not for the Rockies. And so Jimenez was given a qualifying offer at the end of the 2013 season by Cleveland He did reject it, and Cleveland ended up taking Justice Sheffield, the the young Mariner starter, who was traded twice since that point. He was flipped to the Yankees. Cleveland got reliever Andrew Miller, uh, who helped lead them down the stretch throughout the entire postseason there in 2016, and got them really outs away. From winning the 2016 World Series, so again, it's a it's a case of using your prospects to your advantage when you you're ready to go all in, similar to what we've seen with Atlanta do down the 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 stretch. You know when they had they were void of all outfielders, so they traded for four of them, and they're they're sitting pretty good right now in the NLCS. Finally, any other successful compensation picks that have come out of qualifying offers? Yeah, there have been some good ones and, and some busts, right? That happens. You know, you can't guarantee that a that if you get a qualifying offer or that you get a draft pick anywhere in the draft, even with the first overall pick, we know it is a crapshoot. We know it's a crapshoot, but you can look to Shane McClanahan, who we saw this postseason with Tampa Bay. Jack Flaherty was taken compensation for Carlos Beltran. Michael Kopek was compensation for Red Sox for Jacoby Ellsbury, later used as a chip to acquire Chris Sale from the White Sox. Aaron Judge was a compensation pick for the Yankees losing Nick Swisher. Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates, compensation for Russell Martin. Dylan Carlson, for those Cardinals fans that listen to the DNVR Rockies podcast, they lost John Lackey. They got Carlson with their pick. Ryan Mountcastle, who if you're sleeping on the Orioles, it's okay. You can keep sleeping on them, but he had a fantastic year for the O's. He was compensation for Nelson Cruz. Gosh, that seems like a million years ago that uh, Nelly was with the Orioles and Nate Pearson, who you saw down the stretch out of the blue Jays bullpen was compensation for Edwin Encarnacion. So that's kind of the, the history from the Rockies perspective, from, from everyone's perspective of what's going on with the qualifying offer. So we will see what happens with Trevor story, 26% of, players who have had the qualifying offer put on them have returned to their team in some shape or form. And there's, as I said, that Trevor story is the fourth in the pecking order right now behind Seager, Correa, Simeon. And so if one of those four guys returns to their team, is it going to be Trevor story? Hey, that's what we're going to wait for during the hot stove season. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it one of the best damn sports in the world. It's a damn sport that we love. And we love damn good beer as well. And we love damn good beef. That's why we partnered with Hassel Cattle Company. We love them so much that you can now get their Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. So now you can come down to the bar. Build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu Beef Burger. and all the toppings you want at any of our watch parties or just hanging out on a random Tuesday, whatever it may be. You can get that beef on the corner of Colfax, New York at the DNVR Bar. And if you want to have it in your own home, you definitely want to do that. You can get 10% off your entire purchase with code DNVR10 at checkout. Orders of $200 or more. You do get free shipping. That's DNVR10 to save off 10% their bacon, their beef, all kinds of delicious, damn good options from Hassle Cattle Company. Go to HassleCattleCompany.com and use code DNVR10 at checkout. We've got a new sponsor that we'd love for you to support, and it's Snooze Mattress. When you support us, we need you to support our sponsors. So check out the Snooze Flip. Yeah, that's the most universal mattress now on the planet, the Snooze Flip is a mattress designed to fit every body. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. You can choose soft, firm, cool, cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level, and then zip it with a reversible and washable, temperature-regulated cover. They've got a 122-year warranty to back it. Seriously, well, it's, it's because the oldest person to ever live was 122 years old. That's how they figured it out. But they've got a 122-year warranty to back it. It's made. In Colorado and it's designed for the world. Use code DNVR when you visit snoozemattresscompany.com and receive, get this $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base when you use code DNVR. Snooze mattress Company.com use code DNVR for big big savings. And don't make a big, big mistake and cut yourself while shaving. Don't do that. Use Manscaped. You'll be better off for it. You've heard us talk about it for years. You know it's trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And you should know that using code DNVR gets you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Those days of going down to the basement and having it play out like a scene from a horror movie are over. So spend spooky season over. So spend so spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at manscaped.com. Using code DNVR for free shipping and more importantly. off at manscaped.com. Use code DNVR. Final segment. Let's check in on the 2021 MLB postseason right now. Houston leads 3-2 over Boston, much in part due to the masterful performance by Framber Valdez, another one of those young Houston Astros pitchers. The performance of the postseason, eight incredibly strong innings. It's going to scare you. And it's, it's going to want to get down uh, A.J. Hafley's throat a little bit. And that's all right. He loves it. He takes on all comers. It does not matter. But Valdez, Luis Garcia, and Jose Urquiti, they all have four more years of club control. In the case of Garcia, he still has five more years of club control. So Houston is not going away anytime soon, for better or for worse, right? Now, the, the performance by Valdez, man, I, I, one of the reasons why it was so impressive was, I mean, the Red Sox, they were just hitting the cover off the ball the previous two games. Now, Houston did win game four, and it was that was all thanks to Houston's bullpen. Quick hook to Zach Granke. made that one bad pitch, gave up the two-run home run. Dusty Baker just had to go to the pen at that point. You understand. Greinke, I'm sure, will be back at some point here again, but it was all in the bullpen. But games two and three, Red Sox had scored 21 runs. They had combined for three grand slams in the series. It was something that we hadn't seen since Atlanta at some point. I think in the 90s, they had did three grand slams in the entire postseason. And the Red Sox had already done that against Houston. So hats off to Houston and hats off to Framber Valdez for that performance. They're up 3-2 going back to Houston. Got to like the Astros' odds to go back. You still got to like the the Dodgers odds of going back. I I know I do. Uh for again, for better or worse, you know, going into game 5, Dodgers down 3-1, eerily similar to last year the pandemic shortened season where Atlanta was up 3-1. Now granted they're on a they're at a neutral site, right? They're playing the games down in Texas at that point. Now these games are going to go back to Atlanta. So you know it's it's not going to be it's not going to be neutral. We know that. We know that the Dodgers won't have that that edge, so to speak. You remember Clayton Kershaw, his family being down there in Texas. That certainly was was helpful. But on on DraftKings, I was somewhat shocked to see that the odds for the Dodgers winning games five, six, and seven, right? So winning the series were the exact same as Boston winning just two games in a row, winning games, seven on the road. Both equally unlikely, but you say, "Eh, the Dodgers, they got to win three. Boston has to win two. That's about the same thing. You figure, yeah, that's that's about the same thing. That's how good this Dodgers team happens to be. And they get the win in game five, 11 to two. Chris Taylor, three home runs. First player to ever Hit three with his team facing elimination. Incredibly impressive by the Dodgers. We'll wait and see what happens this weekend in the games back at Truist Park. But the name that jumps out, there's two names. One is is Eddie Rosario. We'll talk about him in a second. But Tyler Matson, nicknamed Death Star by teammates. I don't hear that enough. Last year he got that nickname. We did talk about it. Uh, on DNVR Rocky's podcast as, as one of the better nicknames and, and slept on nicknames because at that point he was very much the secret weapon, as Atlanta was calling them, like the Death Star was for Mr. Vader, uh, as it were. And Matzik did not pitch in Game 5 because of the blowout in the game, and he certainly don't want his arm to blow out because he'd actually pitched eight games – in a row. He was one of two relievers to ever I think uh, most consecutive games pitched to open a, a postseason career. John Rocker did it in ninety-nine and Felix Rodriguez did it with the Angels, if you remember in two thousand two, as he did it as a rookie at that point. So so you gotta love Kyler Matzik again for, for anyone who doesn't know the backstory first round pick by the Rockies gets the yips kicks around an independent ball for a while. And then turned back up with Atlanta last year does really well, even during the summer camp, because he was a guy that Atlanta wanted to keep around after spring training. And there was some thought, "Eh, you know what, after, you know, MLB had shut down, you didn't know what you were going to get coming back. And so I think some people probably wrote him off a little bit. I, I, Remember some people in the Atlanta market kind of writing him off and saying, "Hey, that was a good story in March, but now things have changed a little bit. It, it's almost a new season, and so the odds are probably against him." And guess what? He he still came out and he did it. And so, man, Matzick is is the darling right now. He's the guy you want to root for. I think for Rockies fans, Freddie Freeman is also a nice guy over there in Atlanta. There's we know we know the story. We we know. That It's it's hard to root for the other three teams, and, and that's fine. But Tyler Matzik, awesome guy to root for. To recap, game one, Atlanta struck out 14 times, did not walk once. That was the first time Atlanta had ever won a game like that since 1989, regular season or postseason. Game two, Atlanta's pitchers walked nine Dodgers. They also hit another one, and they scored five runs. And that was the first time Atlanta had ever won a game like that. Since 1977. So they win the first two games in Atlanta in very unlikely fashion. Game three, actually, no, they they ended up splitting those two games, excuse me. But in game three, that was the big one that they won. Questions about Julio Urias coming that game. We talked about it on Thursday's podcast with Drew Goodman about how, you know, that's a tough second guess. Julio Urias won 20 games. We know kill the win, sure, but you're doing something right if you win 20 games. And so You got to figure, you know, Urias is not going to give up three home runs considering he hadn't done it since his second start in the majors back in 2016 against the Cubs as a 19-year-old. So, hey, that happens. That's the story of Game 3. And then Game 4, Eddie Rosario. It's the Eddie Rosario show. Just fantastic. Hits the solo homer in the second. Triple in the third. Single in the fifth. And then needing the double for the cycle, he hits his second homer of the game. Doesn't care about the cycle, right? Why should he? he? He only did it a month prior with Atlanta. Would have been the first time a player had ever done it in the regular season and the postseason. In fact, if you remember when he hit for the cycle in September, he did it on five pitches. Unbelievable. He also would have been the first visiting player to hit a cycle in the 59 season history of Dodger Stadium. Yes, it's never happened. It's happened nine times, at least to my memory, at Coors Field. And Coors Fields hasn't even been around for half the amount of seasons as Dodger Stadium, only 27 seasons. And I think not, it's happened nine times at Coors Field. So talk about going to the ballpark and seeing something that you didn't expect to see. You don't expect to see Eddie Rosario's box score. Oh, it may look a little familiar. I'll say that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't look familiar, right? He had five at-bats, scored three runs, had four hits, and four RBI. Now, that had been, that that line had only been duplicated four other times in the modern era, most recently by Chris Bryant in 2017. So you go, well, yeah, of course, why would that look familiar? Well, our DNVR Rockies hardcores may remember Garrett Atkins accomplishing the feat on September 19th, 2016. He's one of those four guys to come to the plate for five at bats, three runs scored, four hits, four RBI. There's there's your bow. There's your Rockies bow to tie around it for the week. Hope you guys have really enjoyed listening to. It. I've gotten some good feedback about all the guests that I've been having on, and I, I want to have even more. I want to highlight everyone here in the Rockies community. So if you know of anyone you'd like to have on, you know whether they're in the the Bronx. Uh, If you know of someone you'd like to have on, whether they're in the Rockies media or if they're just a huge Rockies fan and and they've got some great stories that they want to share. I know all the guys that are part of the Rocky Mountain chapter of the Society for American Baseball Research, everyone that was out on on Wednesday at Blake Street Tavern, that was so much fun. So many great stories to to go there. And, oh, man, I I love those guys. I love being on, on the board for Sabre. We want you to come out every third Wednesday of the month. Please show up. You, you don't have to be a member. You can just show up and meet more people in the Rockies community. There are some older gentlemen that are there. So Most of them are not on Twitter, but most of them also have some amazing stories you just won't believe you'll you'll love hearing about bear stadium days you'll love hearing about the road trips that these guys have gone on so i'm gonna have some of those people on too so so you can email me patrick at the dnvr.com you can reach out to me at patrick d lions on twitter you can also reach out to our company at dnvr underscore sports or at dnvr underscore rockies we want to hear from you we want to know what you like we want to know what you love we want to improve the quality of our our product and and the overall quality of our community you guys give us all the love we want to give you that love back so let us know how we're doing like share subscribe do that whole thing give us some feedback too on the podcast we love getting that for dnvr sports dnvr rockies I am Patrick Alliance, and thank you for joining me this entire week on the DNVR Rockies Podcast.